Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Yeah, this is going to be one of those. Just today, out, you know. today we are going there. Normally we don't, but today we are going to go there. Yeah. Um, you ever you ever want to just pull someone aside and go stop digging? Just stop. St- shut 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 up. Just just stop digging. Mm-hmm. Just just stop digging. Every word you're making it worse. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point you go, okay, I'm done trying to help you. Um, let me know when you reach the Earth's core, okay? Because you apparently are not going to continue. You're not going to stop. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you James Reimer. I have zero problem with him saying, I don't feel comfortable wearing a Pride jersey. Great. That's his choice. Guess what? It's also my choice to call him out for not wearing one by running and hiding behind his religion. Because... When a late 60-year-old heterosexual male Irish Catholic New England board man says, wearing one is just being a good human being. And you're further right, further whatever out of bounds with him. Man, you got something seriously wrong. And then to go on and answer more questions... And literally, Cassie, literally, he pulled the I have a, I worked with a black guy card. How can I be racist? I worked with a Muslim card. Mm-hmm. But if it was a Muslim pride night, I think everyone would understand why I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing a sweater. I think he would understand. James, did you ask him? Did you ever talk to him about that? I'm going to go with a no. Mm-hmm. The token black friend. You got to love that. I don't or even. Coworker, whatever. Right, just... was, you know, it was, it was, he literally, we, you know, we laughed, we loved, we played hard together. How could I be racist with somebody? Okay. You may not think, and, and, you know, you may not think you are being one, but you're basically telling everyone you are by your actions. Right. Well, and, and, and there's also the whole thing of, okay, so you don't have anything against black people, so you're not racist towards black people. But then there's this whole other number of segments of society that you are against that still makes you racist. And... I mean, <laughs> he, he, he did, I don't, it takes a special level of, of remedial pretzel logic to be able to do a, I love everyone, but, and then also throw out the, how can I be racist when I have a, a, a minority friend and, and basically one statement, he did both. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything against these people. Right. You didn't have anything against people. You wouldn't be doing something in protest of supporting them. 
I wouldn't even, I don't, see, I don't believe he believes it's a protest. I think he is so ensconced in whatever interpretation he's living in that he feels the veil of Christianity is going to Absolve him, him, yeah. Or, or exactly, absolve him somehow of this passive-aggressive disdain. You know, and and to say it's, you know, to sign the puck because using the excuse, well, it's not as blatant as wearing the sweater. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to explain that part. You explained that part to me before we recorded but now that we're recording, you need to explain the puck thing. Um, he signed a pride puck. All right. And these pucks are mystery pucks. Um, they have they have various theme nights. Many teams do this. Players sign a puck. You go, you know, you go spend thirty bucks. You get a mystery puck. The thirty bucks goes to towards the charity uh, that the 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 night is supporting. Okay. He signed a pride puck, a member of the, one of the fan groups, clubs of the San Jose Sarks, San Jose Sharks, a member of, of that, of that club got that mystery puck, got a mystery puck signed by James Reiner. That person also happens to be gay. Mm-hmm. Now, me being the petulant pissant that I am, if that had been me, I would have literally gone over to where the 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 sharks enter and and exit their their bench. I would have gone over prior to or or you know before or after intermission, you know before whatever, and just dropped it back down there. Mm-hmm. I'm glad my money went to a charity that I support, but I want nothing to do with this trinket signed by this freaking hypocrite. A Vichy Christian, as I continue to call them. And if you don't understand what a Vichy Christian is, go look up Vichy France. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I get the internets coming out for me saying, no, you wouldn't have, or, you know, um, I'd like to see you try it. And I'm like, okay. And one of the people said, you know, one of the, one of the genuinely nice people was like saying, you know, I don't want to see you get booted. You know, if you did that, you know, you'd probably be, you know, you'd probably be escorted out of the building or, or banned. And I'm like, I don't care. Worth it. That's exactly it. <laughs> totally and, worth it. You know, just, and, then, <laughs> so, and then a bunch of other people were like, no, you wouldn't. And I'm like, okay. So just because you don't believe in standing up for, what you believe is right, what you believe to be right, means that I wouldn't either. It's an act of defiance. I'm not going to get arrested for it. I literally can't. So they banned me from SJ, you know, from the SAP Center. So? Pretty much. Well, I'm escorted out of the game. So? And even if, I wa- even if it was a threat of arrest, what are they going to charge me with? I don't care. You don't have the guts to stand up for something like that in the face of blatant hypocrisy. I can't help you. Don't project your BS on me. I have been arrested for protesting. So shut your pie hole. 
Yep. I've also been arrested for other things too, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> First Amendment works both ways, kids. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is that is that somehow it's been twisted around in people's heads, and I could go on on how that happened, but I'm just going to leave it as somehow. Um, the the First Amendment means that you have a right to say whatever you want without any repercussions. Without any consequences? Or, no. At uh, all. It's like, I should have a right to say whatever I want without criticism. It's like, uh, no. You have a right to say whatever you want and not get arrested by the government. You have like, a right. You don't have a right to say whatever you want without consequences. Yeah. You, and it's not even, the, the government cannot censor what you say. Right, that's the whole point of the law, yeah. or the amendment. The government has no right to censor what you say. Me, as a private entity, I don't have to listen to your shit. Get out of my house. Yep. And don't think I've not done that before either. I have literally <laughs> walked out of someone's house because they were spewing rhetoric. And I'm like, okay, you know. Dude, I've cut, I've cut family members off for that sort of stuff. I mean... I, I'm sure most of, I, I won't say most of us. I'm sure there are a lot of people that have. I know I am one as well. You know, I've got a, I've got a couple of doozies, you know, on my, on my maternal side of my family. I'm like, mm, okay. You know, and not just for, not just for what they believe, but also some of what they've done. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I won't, you know, <clears throat> and then of course, you know, your poor mother is trying to, you know, maintain the threads of all of this Ozzy and Harriet 50 style you know, yeah, screw that. Tight family bond, <laughs> trying to play peacemaker with it. I'm like, I have no interest in talking to someone that that you know, that's done stuff like that. None at all. Mm -mm. So, sit there and you know, project your fear of actually standing up and suffering the consequences of your actions on everyone else is like, give me a break. Right, right. I mean, you know, there are things worth taking a risk for. And oh, most, most people don't like recognize that sometimes. And it's like, no, you know what? There are things worth it. And this is one of those things that's worth it. And I, I actually have to applaud the San Jose Sharks for this because unlike other teams who just shut down the whole like Pride Night thing to begin with, you know, from the start, they laid the blame right at Reimer's feet. They had yep. the, we have nothing to do with this. This is all on him. And they did it in such a way. And by the way, not only that, but I don't know if you paid attention a lot. Their feed went hard last night. They were pulling stats, you know, about suicide rates amongst, you know, stats on um, uh, violence against you know, people in the community, stats against suicide rates amongst, you know, varying age groups against the community. They tried to educate people last night and they went hard at it. And, you know, of course, all of the Internet toughs were like, stick to hockey, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, they framed everything in the context of hockey mm -hmm. last night. All mm -hmm. of those, you know, a lot of those studies were. You know, the number of youths that are involved in hockey, you know, that say that they, they don't feel that, you know, locker rooms are a safe environment for them or they've been assaulted or, you know, any number of different things like that. It's like, <clears throat> I'll come back to this again. If Brian, if Brian Burke makes you look like an asshole, 
you are really doing something wrong with your life. <laughs> well, not in this one respect, but yeah, I, no, I, I but, know what you're saying. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, this is a guy for all his foibles and all his flaws. He is unwavering and actually practicing what he preaches in that religious sense. We're going to continue to hide behind religion. Okay. Again, I'll say it. Here is a, here's a, you know, nearly 70-year-old white heterosexual male from New England, born and raised Irish Catholic as the day is long, making you look like a clown. Because he's basically saying all you're doing is being a good human being and you can't even manage to do that. <laughs> and then to turn around and sit there and go, I don't hate anyone. I believe everyone should be loved and respected. But you're not loving and respecting people by doing what you're doing. You're not showing that you love and respect people by what you're doing. Uh, Actions speak louder than words. Funny how that works. Yeah. yeah, I I also the other thing that like was kind of annoying me a little bit was there are a lot of people, and I think Brian Burke in his statement was one of those was saying that um, you know, it's about making people feel safe. That's why you should be wearing you know, that's what the whole point of wearing these jerseys are. And I'm like, and they're like, they just don't get it. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, they do. That's why they don't want to wear it. Well, that, that's, that's exactly exact- what's going on. Yeah. It's, a, they, it's not that, I mean, I'm sure that there are some men in the NHL who think putting it on will make them gay or something ridiculous like that. Um, and And let's be honest, you know, it's who you're physically attracted to that makes you gay, not what you wear, not what feels good on your body, not any of that stuff, okay? <laughs> it's it's just who you're attracted to. That's all it is. Everything else is has nothing to do with being gay. Unless, of course, you have leanings that way that you're trying to suppress, and that's another story entirely. But, you know, it's that the whole point is to show that the, these people are not welcome in you know, according to Reimer, these these people are welcome so long as they're not. As long as they're submerged in the rest as, of the population. As long as as long as they're not visible to him. Right. And I will have to thank a a, a response that I got on one of my rants last night, which just ties in beautifully to kind of what you were talking about. And it was I needed it because I had just been you know. I was up to my eyeballs and just watching stupid people be stupid, but this person's tweet and it was beautiful. It says, to be fair, signing rainbow pucks only leads to ordering gold lame hot pants. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing rainbow jersey, why that might why that might make you want to kiss a boy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's that level of stupidity that we're dealing with. Like, oh, this is okay because, you know, it's something hidden, you know. Versus, you know, if I wear, you know, if I sign the puck, it's sort of something hidden. If I wear the sweater, then it's, you know, it's, and that's, I think he was trying to get at with the whole, you know, to be like, it's in your face type thing. Oh, so signing a puck isn't in your face because, you know, it's hidden, you know, it's wrapped, it's wrapped up in something and, you know, and somebody ends up, you know, getting a mystery puck that is, but if I wear the, you know, if I wear the, the, the jersey and, use the rainbow pride tape that's a little too out there for me you know i'm fine with everyone so long as they're not visible right 
long as I don't have to deal with it, as long as you look like everyone else, as long as I don't have to, I don't have to, like, no. Let's put you back in the closet because I don't want to know. Yeah. Don't, you know, it's, it's the same people who are like, well, don't shove your, you know, don't shove your, don't shove your gay pride flag in my face. Okay, we'll stop ramming your religion down my face. Right. As an excuse to be a hateful little crotchety old man. Because, I mean, and I put it in the chat, I put it in our, our Twitter chat last night, but, you know, all these people living by Leviticus, Leviticus had no problem with lesbians. And honestly, a lot of anti-gay people, like men, have no problem with lesbians either. Right. There's a whole little fantasy fetish thing going on with that. And so women liking women is totally fine. It's men liking men that they find threatening. And Which I find hilarious because it's it's again so and this is this went back to something that I had tweeted about uh, earlier last this past week or maybe the week before is that um, somebody had had jokingly put up a tweet about you know what are they what are men men going to do next ban women from wearing makeup and there are a segment of men out there you know all women have come across these guys. Oh, yeah. Where they don't like women wearing makeup because they feel like that makes a woman lying about how pretty she is. Like the greatest fear that they have is, you know, hitting on a pretty woman and waking up with an ugly one the next morning. And so it's all about, in a lot of ways, I think all of these laws and things coming up is all about insecurity, about being tricked being tricked they're they're too stupid to know that anyway yeah so you know and that's going along with with the men loving men thing is that well they don't want to be hit on because that might make them gay kind of thing it's like okay let me tell you something i have been hit on by more women than i have men in my life and i am a straight woman and i have no problem with that i turn them down just like I would a guy I'm not interested in. And it's not a big deal. <laughs> so get up yourselves. <laughs> are, are, I have I have been hit on by men before too. And I no thank you, you know, not my cup of tea, but you do you, you know? Right. I got no problem with it. Right. Thank you, you know. And flattered that you. I'm not interested. Like you yeah. would someone that you're not interested, regardless of their regardless. gender. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, I was whoopee, you know, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. Just because you're afraid of it and that's effective. You brought it up. It's just effectively all it is. Mm -hmm. They're, they're terrified, you know, (laughs) go back to that tweet again, you know, signing the rainbow puck just leads to ordering gold LeMay hot pants, but (laughs) wearing the Jersey, you know, you might want to kiss a guy. It's like, does, does getting a hit on by someone of the same gender lead to something that maybe you didn't want i mean is it is it some sort of virus that you can get that turn no okay so you're just a big chicken shit mm-hmm. and i'll be honest i was uncomfortable with gay people for a while in my life 
I was sort of raised, you know, a little bit more less religious than a lot of my friends, but I didn't know how to deal or act with them until I met and hung out with a bunch of them that I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. You know? You see, I, I've never had that problem, but then playing girls sports, there's always a segment of every team that are lesbians. Mm -hmm. And so, and they're open about it and no one cares. You know, you're all using the same locker room. You're all using the same showers. Nobody cares. And, and so, you know, it's, it was just a thing growing up with, and I would say roughly about a third, a third of every team I've been on, you know, give or take have been, you know, lesbian athletes and never bothered me. It's like showering with them. Never bothered me having to like, you know, interact with them on a daily basis. Never bothered me. <laughs> so I mean, they, I mean, but then I have a different experience. So, so that's just, it's just, yeah. what it is, but I, they, there seems to be like some, and, and again, you know, projection is going to come up big time. There seems to be some weird perception, like, you know, they're going to attack, you know, they're going to force themselves on you. I know. I like, don't get that. You know, like they're going to forcibly rape you. Yeah. Welcome to being a woman in a man's world. And, okay. You know, and <laughs> I was sitting, thank you. I was literally going to say the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so basically your real issue is you're afraid of becoming feminized. Well, no, they're they're afraid of of doing having a guy do to them what they would do to a woman. Well, that that's what I mean is, yeah. is being put in the feminine role in that scenario. And I don't I I'm struggling, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always kind of said if you want to know what it's like to be a woman, be a short man walking into a gay bar full of a bunch of gay men uh, the size of like NHL linebackers. That's what it's like for a straight woman to walk into a straight bar with a bunch of men. And if you have a problem with that as a man, if you like start cringing, yeah, well, welcome to our lives. <laughs> then maybe, have, then, you know, maybe, maybe start fixing your own house. Right. So like start looking at what you're doing and why you would think that that would happen to you. Is that why be, is that because you would do that to women? Projection. If that's the case, then maybe you need to start thinking about how you can change that. Projection. Mhm. Mm Projection. Okay. Um So, I after the whole flyers thing, I had said on Twitter, you know, this is just, you know, you just op open the barn door, right? Something along those lines. It's like mm -hmm. this, once one team does it, everybody's going to do it, or most teams are going to do it. And um, which is shown to be the case, at least so far, that many teams are like following in those footsteps because they don't, they want to do so the, the the thing that going back to hockey, the thing with with San Jose <laughs> is that they didn't take the all for one, one for all team mentality model too far. They were like, okay, you're going to be an individual. We respect your decisions, but you're going to own it. 
And and that was the problem with the other teams that decided, oh, well, we have one guy or two guys that aren't comfortable doing that. So nobody's doing it because it's like, oh, we're all we're all a team. It's a team game. So it's either all or nothing. And that doesn't have to be the case, you know. And I think San Jose really showed that that didn't have to be the case, that you could just you could say, okay, well, this guy doesn't want to do it. He needs to put out a statement. He owns that. He is the one making that decision. And anyone else who wants to join him can be making a statement with him too, you know, and thankfully nobody did in San Jose. But um, I'm hoping that other teams after this do a similar thing instead of what has been going on before, which is, well, if one guy's not doing it, then no one's doing it. So. Well, I think what San Jose did was get out in front of it. Yeah. Tried to tried to get out in front of it. Whereas Philly, it was sort of last minute and it was unfolding in real time type thing. About, you know, why wasn't he out there for warm-ups? Because that was the mystery, right? Mm-hmm. And then to find out, you know, it was oh, it was because of this. Where San Jose said, okay, we're gonna get out in front of it and there, you know, it's a PR disaster regardless. I'll be sure. blunt, you sure. know. But well, is it the team's PR disaster or is it the player's PR disaster? That's and, the choice. And that's what they they tried to control the level of disaster by getting out in front of it and then making sure they broadcast, you know, their their message about what they were going to do on that night multiple times before the game happened. Mm-hmm. We are doing this. We are going to do this. We are going to do this. And continued, like I said, they went full steam ahead. Um, you know, and it's just, especially in the Bay Area, right? There was going to be, <laughs> you know, I, there was going to be no way that it was going to be um, an, an all or none type scenario for that team. Just simply because of the locale and knowing that they do have a large number of um, LGBTQ plus people in their fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, probably outside of New York and I mean, what the, that's what Florida. San Francisco is famous for for a long time. Right. I mean, that's that's where the, you know, that's kind of, you know, there in New York where the movement started for them to be even accepted as people. Right. <sighs> so, hey, Jonathan Quick. <laughs> there's There's no way to pivot because if I didn't stop, I was just going to continue upping the level of. of Rent. Expletives. Um, and I've mm. already dropped enough today. Um, Jonathan, the Jonathan Quick Revenge Tour has been something to watch. I can't say I've been paying much attention. Shocking, I know. But uh, <laughs> for a second there, I was like, I don't think LA is doing that badly. And then you said Revenge Tour. I'm like, oh, right. He got traded twice. <laughs> Yeah, and he's playing is currently as we're recording, he's playing his former team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was hoping this game was going to be in Columbus so they could do a a video tribute to him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> hey, 
but what it's is it? It's been done. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. I know it's been done. Um, it's actually been done pretty hysterically, too. Um, what is he? In his last four games, he's like 4-0 and with a 9.05 save percentage. And I think when in our group chat, when we were talking about sort of that, that trade or teams needing backup goaltenders, and I made the I made the mention of, you know, who would be crazy enough to take him, you know, because he was uh, like an 880 or somewhere in that range. You know, at his age was he's going to, you know, somebody's going to hope that he's not that guy. And whoops. Hey, you know what? Let me pull out my piece of humble pie from the oven set to gas mark egg on my face and top it with some crow. I'll eat it. Good for him. Spitefulness is a heck of a motivator, let me tell you. (laughs) You know, that's exactly, that's why I call the Jonathan Quick revenge tour, you know. Bless him. Now I'm actually, I'm really hoping to God that LA and, and Vegas meet in the playoffs. Cause that would be hysterical. Oh, it'll be a first round matchup, right? Oh, actually, I what did I have the uh, <laughs> I have the NHL standings up because I saw someone tweet something about how the only reason that um, Pittsburgh is staying in the in the hunt for like the wild card is because everybody else above them is just sucked. Um, <laughs> so I was like, wait, where are they? Uh, but. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Vegas and L.A., like me, it'll probably be the second round. Or not unfortunately, I guess it depends. Oh, I, th- I think it's better if they meet in the second round. Now, granted, I would expect Logan Thompson to be back by then. So odds are quick wouldn't start. Um, but then again, this is Vegas, you know, who apparently sold their soul and made a deal with the devil to get to the cup final in the first year. And the devil is taking his recompense by injuring every player in, at inconvenient times for them. So Gosh, that is too bad, isn't it? It really kind of is, you know. That's another, you hate to see it. No, you really don't. No, um, no you really don't. You really kind of don't. I mean, I, yes, I want to see them succeed. It is fun, but, eh, you know, I also don't mind them paying for some of what they've done. You you don't kick Mark Andre Fleury to the curb like that. You just don't do it because that man is an absolute gem. Which brings me to the other thing. God damn you, NHL lines people, let let the goalies fight when they want to. Everybody, everybody, everybody on the face of this planet wanted to see Marc-Andre Fleury feed Jordan Bennington his breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because that's what would have happened. Bennington's one of those guys that I feel like you have to stand in line to hate. Uh, You do, but... I I made the equation. He literally is the scrappy dude of the NHL. He's got small dog syndrome, thinks he's tougher than he is, causes everyone else headaches, never has to deal with the consequences of his actions, and backs into good luck. He's scrappy-doo. You know, Cousin Oliver, if you will. Poochie, you know? But, God, to hear Marc-Andre Fleury mic'd up, going at him, 
hey, let's go, let's go, you know? Like, I'm ready to throw down. And Marc-Andre Fleury, for all his flower and his jovialness and his, you know... Quirkiness. And his adorableness and his quirkiness, he can throw. (laughs) He's been in a number of fights in his career in in the lower levels. And I don't recall him losing many of them. So, you know... Now, would I put him out there with like a against a Ryan Reeves? Hell no. But would I stack him up against a another a, goalie? Another generally? goalie? Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. Because he can throw, and everybody has been begging, pleading for Jordan Bennington to get his comeuppance, and they just decided not to let him do it. And I'm like, why? 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 They were both willing to go. And it's not often you get Jordan Bennington actually willing to go. He'll come in and do his little shtick and then leave when someone gets in his grill. But to prove further how much of an absolute treasure Marc-Andre Fleury is, he gently laid down his helmet. Because, of course, when you spend that kind of money on a paint job, you don't want to just wreck it, you know, by by being careless with it. And then straightened his hair. Priorities. <laughs> hey, if if you're gonna throw down, you gotta look good doing it. Okay. Right? And then he also made some comment about his hair to the linesman. So I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. About you know not want not want, not liking the way his hair looked or something. It was just like, God, that guy is an absolute freaking treasure. Um, I just oh god, I really hope. I think they I think the Blues play the Hurricanes at some point coming up and I really hope that that Kachetkov is in net and Bennington tries something cuz Kachetkov won't have any of it either. <laughs> if if what we saw, you know, uh was like last week or the week before when he was in in the AHL in Chicago scored the goal, did the celebration and then, you know, the other team tried to get in his face and he was like I ain't having it. Mhm. Yeah, you could, stick oh. up for yourself. You know the world. The world need the world needs NHL goaltenders with a little more Ron Hextall <laughs> or Billy yeah, Smith. Yeah, but not so far as Billy Smith. Well, a little Billy Smith wouldn't be bad. Mm. You know, Billy Billy Smith and Haxie were pretty good about clearing the front of the net on their own. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Ankle hacking. Oh, just a little bit. Love it. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you haven't had your ankle hacked by the heel of a goal stick, <laughs> you're not missing out. You're, <laughs> you're in no place to complain. And you are literally not missing out because my mother of God, that hurts like nothing else I've been hit with. And they know how to do it too. Oh, yeah. They know how to get that heel just right, right by the bone. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. And there's no padding there either. So no, of course not. <sighs> it's like the worst because yeah, people who block shots, and I know they have that that plastic they put over their skates. Yeah, the shot, shot blockers. Shot blockers, yeah. Right, and I'm like. How much does that really do? I mean, really. <laughs> just 
Really? <laughs> it def- I, I have tried them a couple of times, and it does deflect some of the impact area. It disperses it. Mm. But there's still, you know, it's not 100%. Let's put it that way. Right. You know, you're not you're not getting fully wrong, but, you know, you're getting a pretty good ring. I mean, you know, I have a very high pain threshold. I mean, you kind of have to to play sports and be successful at it, or at least somewhat successful at it in my case. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's I've getting pucks off of, like, bony areas, not great. Just, just not great. Yeah. Not even in the slightest. Mm-mm. Is there anything yeah. else that... Um, my poor Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> they just got throttled today. Now, I, I, made, I made mention of this previously. Um, I hope they fall into the lottery 11. Because remember, you can only move up 10 spaces. Mm-hmm. I hope they fall into the lottery 11 and win. Barely, you know, just barely fall into the lottery 11 and then win. For a number of reasons. Because I would be able to continue mocking incessantly Chicago and San Jose. And um, also deride Columbus for their mismanagement a little bit. But I would like, I, you know, I'd like to see Columbus get second. That would that would that would make me feel a little bit better, but Buffalo landing first would I think just be oh, chaos incarnate because they're just right on the cusp of becoming a, 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 <laughs> a, a consistent playoff team, and then if they get into the playoffs type thing, you know, for a couple seasons, it could be one of those perennial, you know, type. I don't want to call them cup favorites, but they could be one of those perennial, you know, powerhouse teams because they've got, you know, like we've talked about before, they've got the players signed, you know, they've got that sort of core set of players signed to really beautiful deals right now and a few more coming up, but they've got the cap space for it. And I'm going to be unbelievably controversial and say something that I know no. is going it will. No, not you. No. <laughs> Cassie, this is probably going to be my hottest of hot takes that I've ever taked that was hot. Okay. This is going to be the scorpion ghost chili hybrid of hot takes. Okay. I haven't seen a lot of a lot from Connor Bedard that makes me think that he is going to be I don't want to put this. That massive impact player. And I'm going to qualify that saying, I don't see the speed. He doesn't have the size. I see some I see the work ethic and I see the hands. But as far as being that oh my god type player, I haven't seen it. And it's really stupid of me to say, and I think some of it may be because I've been so spoiled by Connor McDavid. I'm looking for someone to be better than that, and I don't think we're going to see it. No, you're not. And, and I mean, you know, of course, first potential first overall picks are often overhyped. They're, I mean, basically in the last, like, 20 years, it 
Crosby and, and McDavid are the only two that really haven't been overhyped, that is. Yeah. Um, size, I don't... I don't think size is as much of an issue as people like to like to pretend. It can be. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but there have been quite a number of NHLers under 5'9", 5'10", who um, have like, been really, really successful. So I don't I mean, I know people like size. They like tall guys, like big guys that are also fast, which doesn't usually play out that way. But the reason I say that, Cassie, is is he has an incredible shot. He has an incredible shot. How is that going to save him in the NHL? Is that you know I'm worried is that how it's going to translate to the NHL? Right. Because you know he's he needs to be able to find the space to release it, and that's sort of why that's the only reason I'm sort of making a comment about size is. You know, a little guy is going to have to find space in the negative space, you know, or a normal size guy. McDavid creates space with his speed. You know, I'm just sort of saying, and it really is, I know I've just been spoiled. I, I, I kind of do admit that, you know, this is flawed, but I'm just worried that, you know, it's going to be sort of one of those he lands here and it may take him a year or two to figure out how to adapt his game to the NHL. And I'm sure that's going to be the case. I'm sure that, I mean, if he's lucky, he'll end up with a coaching staff that's really willing to work with him, unlike <coughs> Seattle, um, and <laughs> and allow him to uh, to stay in the NHL and to actually develop as an NHLer, or recognize right off that he needs another year in junior and send him back. You know, which is kind of why I would like to see him in Buffalo. Because I don't think they have a savior complex anymore. I don't think they have that whole we need a savior complex. Whereas San Jose and Chicago are looking that way. And I don't have I don't have any problem in a, two years, you know, eating another humble pie top with crow. People are wrong sometimes. You know, but or often. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you're you're likely wrong more often than you are correct, um, especially when it comes to kids, 17, 18 year old kids and how they develop and, you know, what they're able to produce. I just don't. And that's the thing, too, right, is that is that we know that the NHL doesn't develop players. The AHL does, but he's going to be 18 and he won't be able to go to the AHL. So, and you know, then there's the whole, well, is he too good for junior? Is that really going to benefit him? And yes, it will, because guys don't stop like growing until, you know, taller till they're like, you know, 21, 22. So he hasn't hit his full height and who knows what that might be. Of course he could be, you know, you never know, I guess, but, um, and so, yeah, that would benefit him because he would get stronger and he would get taller and he would, you know, be better prepared to play in the NHL. But of course, teams don't look at things that way, typically. Um, and I just hate, I've always hated it. Always, always, always hated it, especially with the crash and burn of Alexander Dagg, the whole savior, the first yeah. overall pick like will be the savior of the organization. And I'm just like, oh yeah, no pressure. 
Yeah, and that's <laughs> eighteen-year-old. You know, no pressure. Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> and, and you look at Columbus and San Jose and Chicago and even Arizona to an extent, and they're looking for the savior. Yeah, and they're he looking does. for the savior to come out of the draft because their franchises are in such disarray. You know, whether it's because you know they've finally reached the end of their. Um, you know, their, their window with the talent that they had and they, you know, they threw away all of their prospects just to keep glomming on, you know, for another year or two, which is fine. I have no problem with that either. You know, it's a management choice. Um, but you know, you have to also understand that there's going to be a time when you have, when you're going to bottom out because your pipeline is empty and those guys are too old to perform at the same level anymore. So long as you understand that going in, that's fine. And most GMs will look at it going, well, that's not, you know, that's the next guy's problem, not mine. Right. But it does put that, you know, especially now with the immediacy of turnarounds, you know, that some franchises are, are finding, um, you know, it's one or two picks and then, oh my goodness, you know, this whole thing is sort of turned on its head and wow, these guys are going to be great again pretty soon. And I am kind of looking at you, Buffalo. Um, yeah, so here's here's the thing that I wonder about that. Because, you know, people make a lot about, about like, the difference between first-liners and fourth-liners and top-pair defenders and bottom-pair defenders and blah, blah, blah. How much of a difference is there really in the skill gap? Is it just... Is it really? Is there really a skill gap, or is it really a matter of of being allowed to giving giving these players permission to play to the best of their ability, or even putting good players around them so they play better? Kind of things. Is it really the fact that there's like a huge gap in ability and talent going on there? Or is it really a coaching issue that causes all of this to play out this way? Or is it like hockey culture that causes it to play out this way? Because, you know, I mean, it, it just seems to me that all of these guys, like, you know, you're talking the entirety of the NHL at some point was like the star player on their junior or college team. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're you've you've got you know, George Peros was the best player in in a, a couple of leagues, right. the most talented offensive player in a couple of leagues. Right. You know, same thing with Ryan Reeves. You know, there was a point at somewhere in Ryan Reeves' hockey career that he you know he was putting up forty and fifty goals in like twenty games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you start getting a little bit higher up in that pyramid and next thing you know, you're getting a little further down. So to your point, Cassie, about the skill gap, I think it's there. I don't, you know, I, I think you've got your echelon, you know, your, your complete otherworldly players that are just otherworldly. Right. Um, and then that sort of next tier of first line players, um, you know, not to denigrate him, but, you know, like a Sebastian Ajo is an amazing player, doesn't get enough respect, doesn't get enough due, you know, for what he's able, you know, for how he's able to play and perform. Um, but the gap between him and uh, Paul Stasny, who was the fourth line center on that team, is pretty massive at this point. Now, some of that's Stasny's age, 
Right. But even prior to that, you know, the the guys that they had on the fourth line, the skill gap was pretty, pretty there. It was pretty demonstrable. Hmm. Um, and I, I also to your point, I think coaches sometimes don't understand, you know, that how to manage that gap, how to get the best out of those guys that don't have um, the same level of skills as their top line guys. And that's because that's because I have noticed coaches in the NHL don't have a lot of um, emotional intelligence, so they can't read their players on how they're doing and what they're doing to be able to help them. You know? Yeah. That, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. Um, It's one of those, one of those, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's one of the results of having, you know, the, the uh, whole good old boys nepotism network going on is that when you're, you can either consider the best candidate available or you can consider your buddy who helped you out like five years ago that you need to return the, the favor for, regardless of whether they're capable of doing the job or not. And yeah. the NHL is all about like quid pro quo, right? You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Hey, and that doesn't know. make for good employee you know employee choices <laughs> he uh he gave me my first job back in junior and you know we had, we had a lot of success in junior and i'm really happy to return the favor you know we had a really good chemistry you know all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's like even though they're over their head it's the nhl they have no business being a head coach they are just because i mean as i've said before i mean i've sat in a number of press boxes i can't tell you how many like nhl scouts I've sat next to, and they've admitted to me that they have no idea what they're doing and they don't know why they're in this job because that's not what they're good at doing. <laughs> and I'm like looking around going, uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, they get a good paycheck. Yeah, and, uh, it's, like yeah. it's a job and they knew somebody who could like give them a job when they needed one and, 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 and I'm just like, uh-huh. And people wonder what's wrong with NHL scouting and development and coaching and hmm. okay. <laughs> you know, it's all well and good to want to help out your buddy or family member or, you know, whatever. It's there there's there's something honorable about that in its way. However, if you're doing it at the expense of your business and your business model then you're not going to be very successful or as successful as you could be. Ah, God, so true. Hey, uh, live in-game update. The Vegas Golden Knights have scored on the power play. Scoring the goal for Vegas, number eight, Philip J. Kessel. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.